With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the Forever Arsenal podcast. Hope you're all good and well. Big up Jordan, big up Lee and big up James. We're back. It's the end of the international break. I say the end. There's still a few more days left and obviously the Premier League returns this weekend. But we're here to provide a mini preview of the Everton game this weekend. Give our predictions as usual. I'll bring up the prediction table. But we're also going to discuss the the hot topics and the headlines that have come about throughout the international break. And there, there is a couple. There's a couple that we can delve into. So make sure you hit the like button. Let's get the likes up to a 1,000. And hopefully you enjoy the show. We've got comments of the day coming too. Make sure you leave your comments after the show and give us your thoughts on all of the subjects that we discuss in this upcoming show. But first and foremost, lads, this international break, how are we feeling? First weekend of the season that there hasn't been Premier League football since it started. Welcome break. No, bored. No? Oh. I'm, I'm glad the tennis has been on. I'm glad the tennis has been on. Although that's and the, and the rugby World Cup. Was plenty and the cricket. Yeah, the did you watch the Wales? Did you watch Wales Fiji? That was very exciting. And I'm I not did. a rugby fan. Uh, mm. So yeah, that that tells you everything you need to know. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, watched, <laughs> I watched actually. I tell you what, I watched the Super Mario movie. Have you seen it? No. Apparently, apparently it's really good. Emotional. Oh my god. It was all right. Super Mario. I'd rather watch a tactical show. <laughs> early shots early yeah. shots not even a minute and a half in wow no, no reason Mario. no reason to throw strays at Mario but you know um, yeah so that's been my week uh, tennis How rugby Mario playing football manager yeah you, uh, you, you, the old Arsenal's got to come back quick for you then James yeah <laughs> <laughs> James yeah. has lost himself rugby, you know. I, I never thought I'd, I'd see the day. James has been watching rugby, but here we are. Um, I, can I just say something? Like, you know, I think I would have actually liked to have watched six episodes of the tactical show back to back than watch another England game like that. Uh, it's so boring. So, oh yeah, England played, didn't they? Yeah, that happened. They are so poor. It's so poor to watch. I just can't. I, I, you know, I'm going to say it now. The quicker they get that Southgate out of there, I can't stand him. 
Yeah. Can't him. I, really I thought the Sidemen charity match was, was a better occasion, in my opinion. Oh, that was embarrassing. Did you, you were there, that? weren't you, Turkish? Yeah, I was there. I was there. I've got to say... What? I, I, you, I, you're such a hater. What's, what's it's embarrassing. It's what's embarrassing. It's, like, it's, it's, it's the equivalent to WWF. It's like, come on. What they are you doing? They raised millions. Well done. Yeah, can I play football? What do you mean, well, yeah. well done. What do you mean, well done? Can you I play can just say you're welcome. Is it a good football? Is it a good football? It's awful watch. Yeah, but it's funny. Like that, it's a laugh. I've got to say, Bazinga running in on goal and scoring at West Ham when he's a West Ham fan, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't no, want you, to you, you know what? Him. I was there and I was at, like, when I, when obviously I was, you know, offered the tickets, I went with the big six lot. I just thought to myself, this is, this ain't from my, this ain't my age group. You know, it's not when I was it's there, not... when I was there, I can't lie for, for what it is and what they've put on and what they've done. And then at right. the end of here, they've raised 2.2 million. I'm like, well done. I can only applaud it. it, it the quality is not great, but I, I wasn't there for the quality, and I don't think they're there, to, there for their own quality. I think it's more of just about the event and and what they've managed to create together. I think uh, I, I look more fondly on it now, having been there, than I did prior to it. Prior to, I was very much like you, lot thinking, what is this stuff, man? Who do who really gives a shit? But so, ba- so basically, it's been an awful international break. <laughs> is that all we're no. saying? It's been a crap. It's been a crap international respect. Break. No, I respect it. I, I thought um, I did some gardening as well. Yeah. Big up to Cecil, <laughs> Cecil pitch side, uh, interviewing yeah. KSI. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. That was the only good thing about it. And I've got to say, I, I'm not sure I want to see goalkeepers interviewed mid-match. That's like a regular feature. Um, that would just have me. Can you imagine Aaron Ramsdale? I mean, he's already sort of distracted half the time. And you've got Cecil pitch side. Aaron should should have done better with that effort, don't you think? Yeah. You know, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's been my international role. What about you, Turkish? What have you been up to? You at the game? What else? Yeah, I mean, I went to the Sidemen game. Done a couple of things with Big Six. That content wise, coming out. Spent time with my son. Nice. Yeah. All, all, all the good things, really. I didn't. I didn't even watch the England game. I mean, I see that Eddie wasn't in the squad, so I thought. I'm not, uh, you know, there's nothing I want to really see here. Hopefully, Eddie gets a, a start on minutes against, I think it's Scotland in, in in the friendly next, which I assume he will. Otherwise, I don't, I don't think he will. Turkish, you know. But well, well, don't pick him then. You got a friendly coming now. There's no, mm. if you're not going to give him minutes in this one, then you, you might as well have not picked him. Mm. You're, he's, he's on the England YouTube channel having an interview or he being part of the interviews and whatnot. Surely you get minutes in a friendly against Scotland, but. We'll see. That's tomorrow, I believe. And yes, this show does come out the same day we record. <clears throat> so it is tomorrow. But we'll see if Eddie gets some minutes. Hopefully he does. But like I said, there has been a couple hot topics or headlines coming out around Arsenal over the last couple of weeks. The transfer window closed in the UK a couple of weeks ago on the Friday night. But the transfer window remained open in other countries, Turkey being one of them, Saudi Arabia being another, and a few others across the world. So there was still business being done. And I don't know if you can call this business being done by Arsenal because we've terminated the contract of our previous record signing, Nicolas Pepe, who came in for 72 mil um, in 2019. Is it 2019? Yeah, uh, 2019. summer 2019, yeah. <clears throat> 20... It was 2019, yeah, it wasn't 2018, was it? No, summer 2019. So Emery's second summer. Okay, so yeah, 2019. 
He's gone on a free um, and he's signed for Trabzonspor in Turkey. I do want to delve into why we never get any good value, sometimes no value from our players. But I want to start with Nicolas Pepe because, you know, there's much debate about his time at Arsenal. There's much debate about whether he goes into the list of top five, top ten flops in the Premier League era. I have, you know, heavy expenditure spent. 72 million for Arsenal, especially at that time, was was deemed wow. Um, we've mm. gone on to break it since, but Nicolas Pepe is no longer a gunner. Um, who should we start with? Jordan, let's start with you. Nicolas Pepe. <clears throat> Thoughts on his Arsenal career and what happened, essentially? Yeah, man. Um, it, it hasn't worked out. I, I think it's important to note, first of all, that Nicolas Pepe is not a crap player. There's plenty of players that I will happily come on in and say he's crap. He's rubbish. He, he's not a rubbish player. Um, and one of my good friends, Simeon, he watched the show as well. It always reminded me the stats actually don't look that bad um, across Nicolas Pepe. I think there was a lot of excitement about him because of the transfer fee for us to spend. Let's go back to that summer. For us to drop £72 million on one player, I mean, there were certain transfer windows we didn't spend that amount of money. So to do it on one player, I think there's a level of excitement and expectation that comes with that. Um, <clears throat> and I just think, unfortunately, he, he just hasn't cut the, made the grade. I think there's an argument to suggest that it would have been maybe worthwhile keeping him just as backup to Saka, um, you know, at the end of the season. But it's not worked out and he wants to go and play football. Um, I think his biggest issue for me was that he's just very, un- very predictable. I think that became the the, the the biggest problem for Nicolas Pepe. I think he had he had one trick, and he was very good at that one trick. But <clears throat> unless you're a Robin or a Mares, being a one trick pony, you, you, you need you need something else in your locker to really kind of make it. So it, it's not worked out. I, I don't I don't I don't you know yeah think he's one of the worst transfers of all time. But I just don't think he was good enough to be in an Arsenal team that that want to that want to achieve big things. Um, I think what we got back for him is embarrassing. And, and then we're going to get on to, you know, wider cancel contracts and just kind of um, how these players end up leaving. But oh, we didn't get anything back for him. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I just think to kind of have that outlet and not be able to get 5 mil, 10 mil, 20 mil, 15 mil, something is bad. Um, and I, I, that's not a reflection on the player. He's worth 20 mil. I'm sure we could have sold him to someone for 20 mil. Surely 15 mil. Um, apparently not. Well, apparently not. Apparently not. But on the player himself, I just think it didn't work out. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the board and uh, the, the guys that brought him at the time, Edu, I believe, have to take a bit of ownership on that one. It's a lot of money to throw away. But um, wishing the best. Didn't work out. Um, hopefully we learn lessons. Yeah. Lee, I mean, harsh on Pepe to say, yeah. you know, well, gone. Yeah, a bit harsh, totally mismanaged, if I'll be honest, from start to finish. I don't think, um, if I'll be really honest, you, I, Emery wanted him. He, he made it clear that he wanted Saha. They didn't give him Saha, they give him Pepe. And I think it was never going to work from from the word go. Um, let's, let's face it, under Arteta, Kai Havertz has had more chances than him, if you'd be really honest about it. you know. But, and, and the reason being, you know, it wasn't his player. He didn't spend the money on him. Um, didn't fancy him from the word go. For whatever reason, that's 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 um, Mikel's prerogative. He didn't really rate him. Uh, I watched a couple of times. Um, he done things, um, and as soon as he 
made a little bit of a mess up. Arteta was on his back, get back here, get back there. And then I see it, he didn't do it with other players. Um, so I just didn't think he, he, he wanted him about. And, and that's fair enough. And uh, Arsenal decided to take a hit on him. I've got to say this in Mikel's defence, that um, when he's gone out on loan, he's never uh, done the business on the loans mm-hmm. as well to really... Um, it justified really returning to Arsenal or, or getting a transfer fee. I don't know whether he was like in a, in a bad place. You don't know with mental health and things like that. Um, so I'd rather not comment on, on things like what, what he hasn't done. I just feel that there was a player in there. I think that um, I, I, some of the things that he done. But when you look at someone like Saka, uh, you, you didn't really want. You have to give, I think, a little bit of credit to the to the management Arsenal is that they could have actually have said, yeah, no, we'll, we'll keep going with Pepe because of the transfer fee. They didn't. They looked at it and thought, you know, we've got a prospects in Saka, um, and we'd rather um, use that um, than keep um, persevering with with Pepe. If you look at it from that point of view, you can't argue, can you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's any arguments against it. You know, that the, there is, you know, what Jordan said, whether we would have been better off keeping him a sack of backup. But you both mentioned how Arteta's used or hasn't used him since he's come in. And he's just not part of his plans. He's not interested in him as a player. And Lee, you make a great point. He's never gone on loan, set the world alight and made Arteta, you know, eat his decision. One, one other thing I remembered. I remember, I think he had a good run and in the cup final, to, to, to us winning the cup final, I think, playing in the cup final. Semi in, yeah. And, and his reward for that was to be replaced by William. Uh, and so that, that that tells you everything you need to know that the manager doesn't rate you. And maybe because the manager doesn't rate you, 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 you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you spoke to Nicola Pepe, he would turn around and say that I know that he didn't rate me. So maybe you don't put in the sort of performances that you should, knowing that the manager just doesn't fancy you, you know. So, unless, listen, that happens in football. It doesn't mean to say that you're a good player or a bad player. There's just certain managers don't don't think you're good enough for whatever reason. And that, that's probably, that's what it really comes down to, I think, at the end of it. It, it, just, it just wasn't a fit for us. You mm. know, uh, and, and I think, you know, uh, Pepe, for me, I, I agree. I don't think he was a terrible player. I never kind of looked at the 11 and Pepe would be in it and I'd be tearing my hair out. You know, why is he in this team? Because what Pepe, what were Pepe's strengths? I think he was a brilliant finisher. I don't think he needed many chances to find the back of the net. I think he actually would get himself in good goal-scoring positions and be quite good at picking out a corner or maybe a shot from distance. He could score a goal out of nothing if he weren't actually playing too well. He could just put it in the top corner. And I always see value in players like that. I really do. I always think... Let's put it this way. If, if we were struggling, and we were a lot in the uh, in the yep. days where Pepe was kind of regular in the squad, he was always the player I wanted on the pitch first just because he, he might do something. Um, and he had that kind of chaotic unpredictability. I sort of wonder, you know, in this era where coaches are so, everything's so meticulous and planned, and you have to do very specific things, I sort of wonder whether he'd have thrived 10 years earlier in the Premier League. He had the stature for it. He had the physicality just played a little bit more off the right, go and express yourself and have some fun. Um, and, and I think football's kind of moved away from that. Having said that, I've given us all that credit. Um, and you're right, he did have runs, like he had runs to the final. and He, he played well in that final, by the way. Uh, so he's, he played a part in Arsenal history. 
Um, and he also had a really kind of good run, even though we'd signed Willian, he won his place back on the right for a lot of that second half of the season. Again, yeah. we finished eighth. But he did he did well there. But again, put that credit aside now, because he's still under delivered massively. He still looked like he had a heavy touch. He still looked like he couldn't beat his man quite often, despite his pace and his power. Um, and he just felt like he didn't know where you're going to get. I think Arteta just really values players who... Let's talk about... Let's look at Saka. I think we've all said the last few games he's not been very good. But like when we, but that's kind of by the standards he set. I sort of think if Pepe had put in the performances Saka did the last two games... We'd be quietly impressed. We'd be like, oh, he's shielded his man. He's worked quite hard. And, you know, he's been involved and he's tried to cause things. It's just we know Saka to be very efficient and very, you know, often make the right decision. And he hasn't been. Um, so those are the standards that Arteta's trying to get to. That kind of even if you're not playing well, you're still a five out of ten. Um, and, and Pepe wasn't that. Pepe not playing well was like, a oh, God, he's you know really having a shock here. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't mind him. He just wasn't a fit for us. The, the, the bigger concern is why they did that deal in the first place and then how much they got back. Yeah, that, that for me is almost more concerning than the fact it didn't work. Signings cannot work. That's okay. Um, but the, he's, the, the details around the transfers are really weird. He's, he's one that falls under the last regime in terms of transfer dealings and whatnot. So yeah, you would have hoped that... The decision to to restructure that regime, you know, a lot of it was heavily down to this Pepe one because we've heard we've heard reports a few years ago about the deal and and the money involved and and potential impacts on Raul Sanley's departure and so on. Nothing in concrete, but um, it is a deal that we you know a lot of us look at and think. In in the end, it was a terrible deal, not only for Arsenal, it was a terrible deal for Pepe because I actually think there was a player in Pepe. It's not yeah. for me. It wasn't only the price tag that got me excited about Pepe. I watched Pepe from about December, January, the previous season up until the end. And when we was linked, and when we was actually there getting, I was excited because he he had quality about him. Yeah. But then Lee's right. Emery didn't didn't like him. He didn't really integrate him as as you would have thought he would have being a seventy two million sign. Then then Mikel Arteta comes in, and modern day managers do not like unpredictability. That's something that, in my opinion, has yeah. been part of ruining the game. In my, I don't think yeah. guys free to express themselves anymore. But it's also the game now, and it's the you know it's it's the way it's the way big teams have have been operating over the last maybe five um, five years or more. Jordan, you had your hand yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Just because Lee mentions the fact that that summer it was him or Zaha. I remember doing shows on AFTV where that was the, the, the debate. And I think most of the fan base wanted Zaha. I'll be honest, I wanted Pepe I, of the two, because I'd seen a bit of him, not too much, but I'd seen a little bit of him before. And I wanted Pepe. I was never really convinced by Zaha at, at, at a big club. Um, so, you know, I wanted Pepe, but it didn't work out. But I guess for what we're saying there, there's something to be said about Arsenal just being decisive. Although it's a massive hit, Arsenal just decided, you know what? just cut the contract and just move on. They've done that a few times, and I think we'll get onto that in a minute. But I think there's something to be said about rather than dragging it out, sending him out on loan again, trying to get... If, if it's not working, just cut, cut the contract. I think teams like Man United can learn a thing or two about when you've got people on big wages and it's, you've got no plans for them, just cut the contract. But like I said, I think once or twice you can get away with that. 
as we're going to chat soon about when you do that five, six, seven times, it's, 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 it's not good business. I, I think I also have learned a lot from this transfer. I will say that. Like, I think it was a vanity signing. I think mm. it was a, mm. right, we're going to, we, we, we lost the Europa League final. We missed out on top four by a point. But we're going to really back Emery because I, I still, maybe this goes against what a lot of people think, but I still think Emery's first season was perfectly fine. I was perfectly encouraged, even though we did fall away and we did have a very bad end that first season. I thought, yeah, you know, back him. And they did, and they, they did bring in a lot of players. And Pepe, you know, it was a really strange one because he'd been linked with a lot of clubs and you're hearing Arsenal can't get to the 80 million that Palace want for Zaha. And you're thinking, okay, well, that's fair enough. So, Okay, but you know they've got to seventy-two for Pepe, and you think, and I know there's a lot of add-ons, and there's a lot of. It just felt like Arsenal wanted to flex and show that they could do a certain deal. But when you hear everything after that, that apparently we signed from Lille, didn't we? Apparently yeah. Lille were like, like blown away when we stumped up that money. They're like, mm. yes, absolutely. Mm. I read that report in the Athletic, and then you find out that um, uh, Emery never wanted him. You start thinking, yeah, well, where this? Come on, who thought this was a good idea? And you're right, we hear report, we've heard reports or rumours of where and who we think it went wrong with. But I just think it was like a, we want to flex here and show something. I think Arsenal have learned a lot since then of, I mean, look how we ended this transfer window by not bringing in someone when we all said we needed someone for Durian Timber. I stand by that and I think they probably could have found someone. Uh, it was the same that January with, with Lacazette and when Aubameyang left and all that. And then I think last summer as well when we needed depth in midfield. You know, Arsenal, I, I honestly think ever since that Pepe thing, I've just decided we will not do a deal unless we are sure about the player. We just won't, we won't chance it. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is driven by how wrong this Pepe deals. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And also, James, I've got, to, I've got to say that you know a, little, a lot of this is also on Pepe as well. Like, you know, did he really want to make it? Yeah. Work? There were, yeah. were rumours that he weren't turning up for um, his English classes and things like that, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and may, maybe because you know you, you walk into a club and you and you get found out that you're not really wanted. I don't know, like you know. So uh, I, I just think it was not done. 
both sides would, would have to take a bit of a blame on it. Like, you know. and, and I'm fascinated by James' point there as well about Arsenal learning from the Pepe deal because I would suggest, I mean, bringing it to the present day, is the Kai Havertz deal not an example of the club potentially not learning their lessons. Now, if, if if Arteta wanted him and you're saying that, you know, we're all agreeing that Pepe wasn't wanted by Unai Emery, this is an example of a player that was wanted by the manager, Arteta wanting high Havertz. But it's a high risk. And although it was, you know, a few million less than 72 million, it's still a lot of money to spend on a guy that, you know, I'm backing Havertz and Arteta's backing of him. I'm, I'm with him for, for, for now. But it's still a risk. The transfer is still a risk. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I wonder if they have... Go on, go on, James. Sorry, I think that just speaks to how much Arteta rates him. I think... Yeah, must do. I think it's difficult for us is we are all talking about the Havertz thing where at worst we think it's going to be a flop. And at best we're saying, well, Arteta sees something. So, you know, so we it's hard for us to speak on all that with conviction. But honestly, think you, well, you look at the press conferences. If Mikel Arteta showed up on this podcast, which I'm sure he's really keen to do, so let's try and make that happen. Big um, fan, big fan. Yeah, I've got no doubt. Um, I'm, you know, he. I bet he'd look us all and say, "I love him." I. He said that in the press conference. I, I wanted him. I'm so sure about this player. I am beyond convinced. And then it's like. Well, 65 million on a player, you're beyond convinced is going to be a star. It ends up not being that much. So I hope it actually works for you. You know, it's like we, we're, we're, not, we're not in Arteta's mindset with the Havertz one. Yeah, I think that's the main difference is that, you know, Emery didn't want Pepe. Arteta very much wanted Havertz. And that's probably the main difference. But listen, Pepe going removes us of the what do we do with Pepe problem that's been lingering over the club the last couple of years. That's done. He's gone contract terminated good luck to him um but mm. the problem that remains overarching over all of this is you know our problem in selling players and getting some sort of value i mean if i read up a list of names we can start with nicolas pepe hector bellerin um pierre-emerick obamiang willian shade kolasinac um Mkhitaryan, socrates mustafi ozil um and to be honest with Mkhitaryan, i'm gonna throw in sanchez in there because yeah. You know, we lost Sanchez for for nothing. Mm. That is, you know, that is some list. Now, listen, there's players that Willian in there and Kalasinac that I think everyone can understand very little value, if any. And the wages they were on, it was more about getting them off the books. Ozil, I think there's an argument to be had there that, yeah, the wages, the the way we gave that big contract that we shot ourselves in the foot. But there's other players that Oba, you know, who, who, okay, since leaving Arsenal... I think the decision's very much been justified when you look at his numbers, aside from his stint at Barcelona initially. But surely there was some value there. Surely there was some value in 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 a Nicolas Pepe we've just talked about. It, it's the, the Sanchez stuff. We was very reactive to the situation rather than being proactive. When does this when, when does this problem need to be addressed at Arsenal? Because we are spending big now, but when you look at the net spend, we're not helping ourselves out here moving forward because that will become an issue at some point. Can I, can I go first very briefly? I, I think the kind of answers in your question there, Turkish, in that if you look at all, all those players you just listed, how many of them have gone on to do better? Or how many of them currently are doing really well? So yeah. what, I'm, what I mean by that is, I agree with you in the sense that some of those players you can get something for, surely. But equally, if those players have gone on to not 
do better, then maybe they're not as good as we think they are. Bamiyang, where, where, where is it? Is it Leon now? Marseille? Marseille. Is it, is it Marseille? Marseille are a big club, but it's Marseille. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's not like these guys have gone on and left us and are doing well. So you're like, well, hang on a minute. They, were, they rate them, so why couldn't we've got money for those players? They're all at clubs that are either smaller than Arsenal or just having mares. So, uh, yes, I think there's there's some value. We need to get better at getting some money back for those players because this is business, right? If you look at any other industry, you can't just write off <laughs> assets. Yeah. You can't just, you can't do that. At some point, you're going to get in trouble financially. But equally, I'm looking and thinking, who's paying for, for who's paying any money for for Bellerin? Who's paying money for Kalazinac? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, there, there must be some fun. modeling agency or security guard firm out there that oh, wants to collect oh, wow. on their oh, books. Wow. Maybe <laughs> we will look in the wrong wow. market. Maybe the wrong industry. You know, Lacazette went for nothing as well. Like, you know, could have got something for him, surely, somewhere along the line. Ramsey was another one. I, I'm just off Aaron the Ramsey, prior to Arteta, yeah. Um, you know, so uh, uh, there must be some. I think now in football, like, that, I. Sometimes they think the risk and reward, like sometimes we'll keep these players because we can get to a certain position in the league or something instead of taking money for them. I don't know, like you know, um, and, and then like you get them off the wages now. I, I get this a lot of time. What got them off the wages that that um helps us out on the fair play league or whatever, you know. I don't really know. So, um, but a lot of uh, you know, you, you look back on it like maybe we was probably playing too much wages for these players so like yeah, when you're looking yeah. at these players you're actually thinking well on on top of a transfer fee i've got i've mm. got to match these wages and everything mm. like that so that was probably um hindering us if you look at arsenal now they're rewarding the young players that have got a, a value as well like you know so for instance I'm just going to pick out saliva you know that if you're going to get saliva you're getting a very very good player but he's not on He's on very, very good money, but he's not on the, the, the Ozil and um, mm-hmm. and sort of wages at this moment in time. So I, I do think Arsenal have, have learned. And if you look at all of those players there, and I'm not sticking up for Edu and, and Arteta, none of them are their, their signings. I think William was on that list, but, but he was a free transfer. Do you know what I mean? It's not like we paid anything for him. So um, when you look at all of those players back in the day, how much would have you actually got from? Not a lot, but now look at how much all the players are worth. There's, 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 there's certainly a lot of value now at the club. Um, do you know, like if you say, like, yeah, we, oh, we need to fund someone to get this player. I don't think you could have funded anybody to do it. Like, you know, we've had to really take a few hits because it's been poor, poorly managed by whoever you have to say. I don't, I don't think it's all down to Arsenal Wenger. people behind the scenes as well. Um, and, and yeah, so um, but now I look at it now. I think if you was to say right, well, we need to sell someone, just say that we had to, you know. Well, you can you can take your pick from five, six, seven, eight. We are <laughs> back in the day that there, there weren't any. I find it I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating the whole why do we struggle to sell so much? Where it seems like others are better at it. Um, Liverpool have been very good at selling over the years. I'm not sure how much they've done the last few years. Chelsea, the example. I've got Chelsea's. Um, I've got Chelsea players here that have left 
um, kind of very recent. You've got Kai Havertz, obviously, what, 65 million. We paid Mason Mount around 65 million. Kovacic went for nearly 30. Kula Bali's in there. Those are kind of the main transfer fees they recoup. Christian Pulisic. I think the thing I'd say, bar Kula Bali, is I think with those players, and I'm not saying they're worth this money, by the way, I think with those players, they feel salvageable in that they're still young. Yeah, they've still right. got a lot to give and they probably feel like they're worth a go. Whereas who's sitting there thinking, yeah, there's more in Willian. It mm. turns out Fulham did and actually... Yeah, right. he did all right, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Bellerin has yeah. gone to... Uh, where did he, he, he's been to Betis, Barcelona and Sporting. You know, so none of them have wanted to keep him, wanted to keep him long-term. Um, Ozil, I think even though Ozil actually, when he came in under Arteta actually played some very decent football. I mean, again, look at how it's gone since. He's clearly not at that level anymore. And so there's two things for me. There's A, we're not selling players at an age that are, it makes people think, yeah, they're worth a go. You know, they, they can still get better. They, there's still plenty of development there. I think the other thing, though, is that Arteta and Arsenal have made their stance on a lot of these players very public. You know, Aubameyang dropped, you know, out the squad. You know, we'd rather you train away. Yeah, you, Your influence is that bad. We'd rather you just away. So you're never going to command a fee for a player that clubs are looking at going, if you literally do not want him. But, you but, know, but, to, but to be fair, James, sorry to cut you, but Chelsea and Lukaku is the, is the equivalent. I bet you Chelsea yep. get a fee for him. I know he's on loan at Rome at the moment. I bet you Chelsea get a fee for him. Well, you say that. Okay, but let me... Just on that point, right? Socrates was another. He was left out of pretty much all the squads. Um, Kalazinac, I can't remember his situation. Um, you know, it's happened that Mikitarin was sent out on loan. Ozil was left out of the squad as well. A lot of these players, we made very clear where we stood with them. But you say that about Chelsea, right? Some of the other players they've lost. N'Golo Kante went on a free. Aubameyang's gone on a free. Ziyech has gone on a loan. Because, uh, but Bakayoko's gone on a free. Uh, Fafana on loan. Uh, what else have we got? Lewis Hall on loan, okay, but they're going to get 35 million. Cesar Spilicueta on a free. Uh, Kepa on a loan. I mean, what did Kepa, Kante, Ziyech, Bakayoko, what did they cost the club? Lukaku, who's gone on a th- uh, five million pound loan fee. They had a cost of hundreds of millions combined. Yeah. And they've all gone on loans. And so, so it really is those players, I think, that have shown there is a, there is a future. My best years, Havertz is mm. what, 24? Mount's mm. 24. I can see managers believing, okay, we can we can get something. I'm not saying Chelsea don't sell well. They clearly do. But they still got 20 million somehow for Kula Bali. But he came in for 40 something, mm. I think. So, you know, I'll be surprised. I'll be very surprised. Really? Yeah, because I think he's on such massive wages, Jordan. I think that's that's the, the, the thing there. Like, you know, I'll be on him. I think it's three three years now since he's signed, and he's been on loan for three years. This is his third year on loan. Mm. You know, there's they're not actually putting him on loan to make him uh, better or no, take better him off the books for, for Chelsea. Yeah, they're getting him off the books. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, one so of them. I, you know, no, I, I I I'll be very very surprised. You know what I mean? Because you know you you're paying a lot in wages and all that, like, you know, and obviously these teams are like Juventus. I think, has he got the Juventus now, I think? Right, Roma. 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 Oh, Roma. Right, Juventus were in for a minute. You know, Juventus can't afford the fee, they may, but, you know, can afford the wages, mm. but they can't afford the fee. Uh, when I look at, when I look at Chelsea, I mean, you're, you're right. They've, they've cut off 
big contracts and, and big players coming in for big fees. But they offset that by continually spending out for two with us, I think. This is the first time we're back at the at the big table, let's say. And when you hear recent reports and quotes about self-sustaining club and, and and all of that, I think that at the moment we're offsetting the fact that we're not getting good um, value in player sales by the fact that we're doing good on the on the income part. And by, and by income, I mean the players coming in have all had some sort of an impact in the last yeah. two years in a in a more or less positive way. If that, like for example, if the Havertz one turns out to be the make or break or the, the the big one this year that either takes us to first from second or takes us back to fourth from second, then I'll be looking more into, well, listen, okay, you wanted Havertz, but what more could we have done? We could have sold these players for a bit more and got a bit more money into, you know, offset that risk in Havertz, or we could have, you know, covered our backs with the timber injury. You know, I just feel like eventually with Arsenal, there's going to come a time where we're looking at player sales more than, Chelsea fans would because they're just used to spending so much money. Also, I think it's a circle as well, like you know, like and I, I mean this with Liverpool. We were talking about Liverpool sold really well at one stage, you know. But mm-hmm. I've just off the top of my head, Oxley Chamberlain's gone for nothing. Uh, Firmino's gone for nothing, like you know. Cater's gone for nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, they, the players they age and they, they they've done very well. Jordan Henderson, another one, like you know, what I mean, they they they, they do a, you know, they they. they they stay for four, five, six years, and 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 then this sell-on value diminishes. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, so, with, with Liverpool, they did get they did get a good worth. Out yeah, they got some good good deals along the way as well. I'm just saying, I just, I just think it's a circle. I'm not sure. I also think two final points for me. I think a it's about where the money is. Right, all the money's in the prem. So all the a lot of the transfers that we've listed off between Chelsea and Liverpool, funnily enough, have gone to Saudi Arabia. There's not a lot of money in Italy. There's not a lot of money in Spain. Who's paying, going back to Arsenal, who's going to pay in Spain 15 mil for Bellerin? Who in France is going to pay 20 million for Lacazette? Who, the, the money's just not there to kind of make those kind of investments. So I think there's, where is the actual money to buy these players? And I think also as well, you've got to look at Chelsea's model. Chelsea have, I don't care so much about their youth team in terms of they see their youth team as purely a way of making money. Now, that's fine. That's a business model. That's t- Whereas United and Arsenal, I think, are much more looking at a youth team to as, as products to put into the first team. So Chelsea will happily make profit on a Mounts or a Tomori or a... Um, who else has gone out recently? Um, there's another Chelsea youngster has gone out. Oh, gone out. Who? Oh, like left back. He's yeah, right. yeah. They're, they're, they're much more comfortable in making profit on those players, whereas... Eddie Nketiah, unless we get a bid for 35, 40 mil, we ain't letting Nketiah go. We don't see that as a business um, as, as a business uh, model. We see it as, no, no, we're training Eddie Nketiah up to be Arsenal's first team striker. Whereas Chelsea are like, great, if they score 25 goals for us, brilliant. But actually, it's pure profit. If we can get 40 mil off a youth product, happy day. So it's, I think it's also about what your business model is. Yeah, mm. yeah. People, let us know your thoughts on Nicolas Pepe in the comments section, and our our transfer dealings in general, especially regarding player sales and and you know the the need to turn that around. 
hit the like button. Let's make sure we're on a thousand. We've already passed the half an hour mark, and we're going to keep it moving into something that I should have potentially done at the start of the season because there was four games leading up to the first international break. But really, when I look back at those four games, if I was to ask the panel at the start of the season, what do you want out of the first four points-wise? I'm pretty sure it would have been 12 out of 12. And the bare minimum, I'm pretty sure everyone would have said 10 points out of 12. We did the bare minimum. We got 10 points out of 12. But we've got another four fixtures in the Premier League now from now until the next international break, which starts, I believe, the 9th of October, if I'm not mistaken. And those four Premier League games are Everton away, Tottenham at home, Bournemouth away and Man City at home. So we've got two no, big six there at the Emirates and we've got two away days, Everton and Bournemouth. So now I'll pose the question, what should we be getting out of those four and what is the bare minimum? Jordan, let's start with you. Um, what should we get? Yeah. Um, versus what I think we'll get. What we, we should get. Mm, 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 ten. Ten out of twelve from the next four. That's what and we should what, get. What's the bare minimum out of those four that you think is acceptable moving the, into the next international break? The bare minimum is seven. Seven. Seven is a bare minimum. That's that's quite low. Seven. <laughs> okay. Um, Lee, what should we be getting in the next four? I, I think when you look at those fixtures, you, you're looking at getting 10 at the, ten minimum. Um, what I say with that is that you've got Everton away, you're in the bottom three at this moment in time. Tottenham at home, we're at home. Um, Bournemouth away, you know, if, you, if you're going to go for titles and, and top four, you've got to win at Bournemouth. And then Manchester City at home is a home game, you know, uh, one where I, I expect us to really go at it. I think you've also got, though, then to, to um, put into the fact that we've got Champions League games in the middle of that. So it doesn't look as as quite as clear-cut with those, just those four games. Obviously, we've got to travel to... Um, no, we're at home in the first game, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, before we play Spurs. So we're actually playing on the Wednesday. Spurs have got a nice rest. Um, during that week and then of course I think then we've got to go to France before we play uh, Man City where Manchester City are you know used to the, the way it's playing and all that like. but I, I think Arsenal uh, have, got, have got to get you know like I think seven would be a disaster because that means you're losing to, to points on the big guns um, Spurs next few games is quite favourable Um Manchester City's next four games are quite favourable up until they play us. So, you know, dropping of a points now, we could be six, seven, eight points, um, if, if that's the case, away from Manchester City. Too much, too much. So, I, I think that, um, you know, tough games, don't get me wrong, Everton away, we know what that's going to be like. You know, I'm not looking forward to that because it's going to be tough. But, come on, I've watched them in the last few games. They're toothless. They haven't looked like scoring that many goals. So they're grabbing, they're grabbing three against us. Second, grabbing three against us. Yeah, that's uh, you know I I do think that we're a different kettle of fish away from home defensively. Right, right. So um, I'm 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 looking at two tough tough games against Bournemouth and, and Everton. But come on, you've got to be looking to win them, and then you've got two games at home against big guns. And if uh, so, so what, know, so what so what is it? What should we be getting ten? And what's the bare minimum? Ten and ten. 10 and 10. 
Yeah. Until I, I, I honestly think like if if we if we've got any uh, real anything about us, we mm. should get all. We should be getting maximum points because take away the two the, the two away games, we should be winning those two away games. Just forget about that. They 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 they, they should be like you know yes bang bang, and then you've got Manchester City and Tottenham, two tough tough games. But I tell you what. If they're away from home, it's a different kettle of fish. We'd be looking and going, oh, I'll take a point there and a point there. You know, uh, but but we're at home. We've got to win our home games. We've got to be ruthless at home. And, uh, you know, um, I, I do think home advantage in the North Bank, uh, North London derby is... Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Is, is key. I think, you know, we normally win at home. They normally win at their place. Manchester City, well... You know, we haven't won it for a very, very long time against them. And, you know, that has got to change at some stage. So, yeah, um, the Champions League games worry me a little bit, like, you know. Um, mm. because- oh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch it on them next. We'll touch it on them next. Let's do the Premier League and then win them right. Because with the Champions League, actually, we'll touch it on that next. James, so so Jordan's gone 10 and 7. Right, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Should 10 and bare minimum 7. Lee's gone should 10, bare minimum 10. James, what's yours? I actually think we should be getting all twelve, um, yeah. because because the the teams you don't want to face because you know City are four for four and Tottenham made a great start. They're home games, yeah. You know, so so you know, let's do it. I mean, in my word, I go into games. You know, hopeful Sheffield United might nick something off City. You know, so. Well, I should be absolutely hopeful that we can do the job at home, um, and, and 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 I know that's crazy because we've lost however many in a row in the league. So, you know, a City fan here in this probably thinking you delusional idiot. You know, you lot haven't beaten us in years. You know, how how can you think you should? But because that's why you spent a hundred million on Declan Rice. That's why we spent two hundred million pounds on players, and you know that's why we were understanding of last season a younger squad. You know facing that pressure and, and, and now, okay, show you've learned from it. You know, Man City, and look, it might be different. That would be game week eight. So it might be different then. You know, at the moment, we've only see, seen four weeks of Premier League action. Um, but I don't think they look spectacular. I don't think they look near their best. I think they look incredibly efficient. 
I'll give them that. But I don't think they look near their best, scintillating best. And in that community shield, where everyone wanted to say, oh, City aren't up to speed, and then they go win four in a row. Um, you know, I thought we did well to nullify them, have games, where, have spells where we were on the ball and all that and play. And, you know, you saw the two teams took it vaguely seriously on the day. And I just think at home, I want to see us do a similar thing, have spells where we have the ball, where we're causing them problems. You know, we've got the, we've got the firepower to do it. The away games, awkward, because I think Bournemouth are actually going to prove a very good team. Well, I think they're going to have a good season. And I think Everton, um, it's just awkward, right? It's a, it's a match-up. What's the boxing phrase? Styles make fights or whatever. Like, who doesn't want to see a Mikel Arteta trying to play, you know, all this sort of nice, wonderful football against Sean Dyche, who's going to try and sort of do us physically and he's good on the counter and he floods the midfield and they've got target men up top. You know, that's exactly the kind of thing I could see us struggling with. But get through it. You know, Brentford play a similar style against us. And we went and won three 0 last season. So I want to yeah. see Arsenal. They've got answers to this. On the bare minimum side of things, yeah, I mean a draw is like forgivable in any of those fixtures, except probably the North London derby because it's mm. you beat Tottenham at home. But largely, if you're forgetting that bit, you just look at the teams or where they are. It's it, by forgivable, I mean if it's the one draw and you win the other three. I think we're sitting here after game week eight, going, you know what, not a bad shift. Eight games, six wins, two draws, not the end of the world um, at all. But I just think it still feels like that should be not sure. Man City, do you all feel like we should be winning it? Or do you think it's still too early to be saying? Or do you think it's too delusional? I actually agree with you on that. As much as people are going to listen to it and say, oh, you're, you're raising expectation. You're going to be the first to moan about it when it doesn't. The facts of the matter are we finished second last season. We spent 180 million into the midfield, buying one of England's, you know, best best up and coming players in Declan Rice. And Manchester City, you know, they've won four out of four, but like like you said, they haven't looked their scintillating best. And we're at the Emirates. So, you know, all things considered, surely it's about time that we think we should be beating Man City at the Emirates. And the bare minimum would be a draw. So for me, it should be getting twelve points out of the next four, and the bare minimum ten. Yeah, I, I can't. Remember. I think my bare minimum was ten as well. Yeah. I, I just Tottenham keep beating them, don't they? Tottenham keep beating them with their ground, and Liverpool, even when they weren't winning titles, and they did it when they did win a title. But even when they weren't, they're at least going, "Yeah, you're not going to have it easy at Anfield." Last year, Man City went to Liverpool in bad form and lost one nil. You know, when are United. we going to find a way? When when are we? Yeah, United. United always. Once one game a season, except for I think two years ago, United have always, even if they lose the old Trafford game, they find a way to kind of con themselves a win at the Etihad. Like, you know, we, we need to absolutely find something, you know, something that makes you just in a weird way. I, I'd almost rather if it is 10, I'd almost rather we like drew at Everton, but beat city. Like I think psychologically yeah, yeah. we need that more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really believe they can do it. Like, I genuinely believe they can beat Man City. I think we've got the tools to do it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we, we have the tools. Finishing second and spending spending the money yeah. we've spent. You know, you, you'd you'd think at least our expectations in, in the fixture is. Um, and, you know, listen, uh, we, we can't be dropping points. Sorry, general. but I, I, I expect Arsenal to win every home game. I know that sometimes it doesn't happen, but I expect Arsenal to win every home game. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's 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 where where it's got me now, and went from from last season and all that. Like you know, I I expected us to beat Manchester United because we was at home, not because I think that we was a better team or not of that. It's because we're at home. I expect to beat Tottenham because we're at home. If we're playing Tottenham away, I never expect us to beat Tottenham away. I I, I take the draw, you know. You hope. Uh, and go from there. Manchester City's a different one. I get that. I get that. There's 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 um, scars there. It's a different a different thing. Um, but I'm going to be really honest, guys. I'm really really honest. If we go to Manchester City at home and lose, I'll be massively disappointed. I'm not mm. going to be going. Oh well, we played well and all that. Like I, I you know, if we get a draw against them, so be it. But I, I don't I don't want us losing to Manchester City at home. No more. That doesn't happen no more, like you know. What I mean, I know it's crazy to say something like that, but if you're ch- chasing them down and expect to beat them for the title, how can you turn around and say, "I'll tell you what, like let's cheer on Manchester United when they're playing, and let's cheer on so and so when they're playing," but when we play them at home, we don't think that we can beat them. We've got to get that mentality that we can do it ourselves. Yeah. And you know, on that subject, I'm going to bring up a comment from Instagram. Obviously, we usually look at the YouTube comments, but recently on a supporters club, I talked about, you know, can Arsenal win the Champions League? And I said, we can. Luck of the draw included. And obviously, you know, a couple of the other big boys facing each other wouldn't go amiss. But one of the comments back to me on Instagram was from from Liam. And, and Liam, you know, I'm sure you're, you're a supporter of the channel or supporter of my stuff because you started off by saying expected better from you, Turkish. You'll be the first one to start moaning and wanting the owners out when it all goes wrong and you get knocked out early doors. And my reply was, so instead we should lower our standard to provide a preemptive reason if we don't, so the owners are not under pressure. And that that's this is the mentality we need to go in with. We can't go into the Champions League thinking, ah, oh, first time back, quarterfinals. We can't go into this Man City fixture thinking, well, they always beat us. They're going to beat us again. We need that mentality to change round. Will it happen? Who knows? But at least we need to believe and hope that it will. And Arteta's raised the bar and standards at this club. And it's about us as fans also doing the same and also keeping it there, in my opinion. We, we should, surely the time has come now to beat City. If not, then, then what are we playing for? Second place. But also, like, what, what you know, these people... I don't know why they tend to be followers of Arteta. They tend, I, I don't know. I sort of place people who are kind of like more critical of our expectations as being very supportive of Arteta. Maybe yeah. that's unfair, but what's crazy to me is like Arteta himself. Why in that year when we're chasing top four and parties having injury problems and Aubameyang's out the squad and the team's not quite ready, why does he go toe to toe with them at the Emirates? Think of that game we lost 2-1, Rodri. Why did he do that? Because he absolutely believes we can mm-hmm. beat them. Arteta wants to win football matches. And he will do it in the way he believes he can do it. And evidence of that is that the FA Cup semi-final, he parked the bus, wing back, sit deep, let's hit them on the counter. Now, Arteta hasn't always been pragmatic, but largely the reason he's implementing this style of football is because he believes we can go punch for punch with Man City and come out on top. You think he's telling Rob Holding to mark Erling Haaland all around the pitch? Because, well, I mean, why? I mean, what other reason would there be? Because he believes, wrongly, naively at times, that we can win that way. So why should we not believe, if our manager believes, and then has spent more money on top of this project, why should we not believe he can't deliver on it? Especially when actually, even though he's 
maybe under-delivered by the standards of Arsenal. He's actually over-delivered in terms of what I believe he could do with certain squads. I didn't think he could get into the Champions League with the squad a couple of years ago. He very nearly did. I certainly think he would win a title with the squad last year. He very nearly did. So I just don't understand why people find it so crazy that we might actually believe in this football team. There's something um, quite... I, you know, it's like the minute Arsenal fans are, are feeling good about their side, and it comes from rivals as well as our own fans, the minute we're kind of really confident about it, it's that you shouldn't be confident, but then it's, you know, oh, Arsenal also have flopped if they don't win the league. It's like, I, I don't know. How do the two mm, things it's, exist it's at the same time? Um, so I, be- I, I back this team. I believe in this team. That's why after Fulham, no one really lost their head. Some people did. Um, but none of us here did. No, I, 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 I think that um, weirdly enough, the way my small brain works is I'm more focused on the, the three smaller teams, Bournemouth, Everton and Spurs, because I see it as, 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 a, as a big picture to win the league. There's more points available from those other teams than there are in the big games. I, I totally agree with James. I think psychologically beating City uh, would be massive for us, as well as three points. And I do think if we're going to win a title this year, Arsenal have got to have a 90% win rate at home. We've just we've got to win 90% of our games at home. You forgive two or three draws, but we've got to win pretty much all of our home games. And we should, we should. But it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the other teams, it's the smaller teams where I think you really win titles. If you can get a win against United, we've done that great. Spurs, great. But ultimately... It's the away to Fulham's. It's the uh, home to West Ham. It's the away to Brighton. Well, Brighton are a biggish team now, but it, it's those it's those three points that rack up that win you titles. And I get why the glamour the glamour game is Manchester City, and you know leaving a punch on their nose would be amazing for us. I mean, yeah, you have to beat them at some point to win a title. But I'd be much more pissed off if we drop points in the Everton, Spurs, and but, Bournemouth games than if we drop points in the game against Man City. But Jordan, we. We finished five points off City last year. That feels mm. fair to me. I know it's slightly skewed by the fact they rotated because they'd won the league in the last two. But but then I, I think you look at some of the injuries. I think largely five points behind them feels right to me, OK? But six points, were, were they had a six-point head start because they beat us twice. You know, I just think yeah. if we at least win one, just yeah, win great, great. one of those two games, you lose at the Etihad, right? You win one of them, at least it's a level playing field. Then it's a straight shootout for what you do against everyone else. Agree. agree. To think that to think that actually how we both competed against all the other 18 teams in the league, we performed better in terms of points accumulation, and it was just the head, not just the head heads. Ultimately, in a, in a race for the mm-hmm. title, your head to heads matter massively. They clearly deserve to win it because they beat us twice, and by very. By 7-2, I think, was the accurate score very convincingly at the FA Cup game. So that is just why I want to at least win this Emirates game. And then actually, even though this might be a bad mentality, and I know we can win at the Etihad. If you lose your away game, I, I could just yeah. forgive it. Just at yeah, least yeah, have it a straight yeah. shootout for the rest of the, the points. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we can beat them, and I, and I want to beat them at home. I think that we can't go into that game thinking, oh, it's Man City, oh, just lay down and die. Of course not. But I just I look at the league as a thirty-eight game thing yeah, rather yeah. than just a beat Man City thing. And, and I just and the three it's right. And to be honest with you, when you said that, you raised a good point because we are going to move on now. But before we do, I just want to say leading up to both Man City fixtures last season, we pretty much crumbled in the two free games mm-hmm. leading up to it. Oh, it you're seemed right. like oh. we took our eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. So this season, make sure you get the job done against yeah, these guys, teams. Guys. 
because it's Manchester City before the international break next. Similar to the way we we, we done United and went into the international break, you know, heads held high. It's our chance to do that against City. But mm -hmm. let's make sure we go into City with nine points out of nine, Lee. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I, I think that's where other games like Champions League games will benefit us. That we're playing, we got to, we we can't be thinking like. Do you remember those sort of games? Because we didn't have games. We, yeah. we, you, we had a week to think about it. Yeah. This time around, we're not going to have that. We're going to be bosh, bosh, bosh. So I don't think we can get, keep an eye so much on that Manchester City game because we're going to have too many games coming up. So I think that would be a benefit to us. It's yeah. a great point you raised, Turkish. I I'd like to think the players aren't as arse about it because they just played Man City at Wembley, so they've got that whole. We've got 90 minutes against them. We're showing to be competitive, however important people think the commissioned game is and all that. But there are so many other things to look forward to from, you know, the trip to Goodison to the return of the Champions League to a North London derby. I'd be really disappointed if the players start dropping points because once again, they look like they're looking ahead to that City fixture. There is so yeah. much, you know, that week at the Emirates where... You know, we kick off our return to the Champions League at home to PSV and then we've got the North London derby. I expect the Emirates and North London to be absolutely buzzing all week because what a week of home action we've got. And, you know, last year, you know, it's funny, Julian got kind of cooked for this online. But he made a point that I thought it didn't, it's not a reason why we lost the league, but I agree it had a, uh, some sort of significance. Man City... That Arsenal-Man City game not happening in October. Yeah, it was a key. You know, whereas it happened in February. I think it makes a difference. And we would much rather have had that in October where we were flying. They just, I think, drew at somewhere. I can't remember where he said they just drew Cop Copenhagen. I can't remember. Um, I might have got that wrong. Um, and they weren't looking at their very best. And we didn't have that, can they do it? Can they really win the title pressure? Once it came around, the two fixtures were in crunch time. It was... You're in your final three, four months of the season. Now, I'm not making an excuse, but what I'm saying, Jordan, is it added such a weight of, that's it. You've played 23 games now. Can you do it? Show us you can do it. This is coming at a point where it's, we're in the season, lads. There's a lot of football to be played. This is Man City. Give it your all. But, you know, I, I don't think it's got that same... Just, just, sorry, I know we're going to move on. So just, just on that, I've heard that rationale put forward before. And I get it, but I, I I disagree because if you'd have had if you'd have had City when we meant to have them, mm -hmm. and you'd have lost that game, who's to say we would have gone on to have the not yeah. spiraled out of control? So if mm -hmm. if, if you if you right. if you'd have said to right. me yeah, if you'd have right. said to me, Jordan, you can have Manchester City twice in the second half of the season, I'd probably take that because what I'm thinking then is we can accumulate all those points by the time you get to that first game against City. You're in the title race. You play them early when you're meant to play them in, say, November, lose that game. You draw the next game. You draw the next game. You win. You draw, And then and then the second game against City becomes irrelevant. Whereas what we had last year, I think, actually worked in our favour. Because we didn't because we swerved City the first time round, we was allowed to accumulate all those points. So by the time we got to the City game, that game meant something. Yeah. Whereas if we'd have been beaten by City the first time, the game might have been irrelevant. Come the second yeah, fixture. Do you know what I mean? See it both ways. That's fair. Yeah, you're both, yeah, you're both right. Like. Do you know what is a good thing, though, guys? And it really is now. I, like last season, season before that, season before that, when the fixtures come out, I used to look at oh, when we got Tottenham, <laughs> who we got Boxing Day, 
this season, I looked at it when we got Man City. Yeah. Mm. And that's how things have changed now, like, you know. So, so when you say about expectations and all that, whether you like it or not, our expectations are changing because of the success of the team and all that. Like, I've never looked for Manchester City's results or, or, or um, performances or certainly not looked at, oh, when we got Manchester City. But that was the first thing I've done. I looked, oh, we've got them at home early and we've got them in May. I think it's March. Or we've got end of March. I think we've got them in um, away from home. But, you know, you don't do that. You know, you know, so you look at the first fixture, you look at this and that. Tottenham, you always look at because it's ingrained in you. All of a sudden, you know, years ago it was oh when we got Man United. Actually, yeah. for Man United before I used to look for Spurs. Yeah, mm. it, it, it's turning back that sort of way now. Manchester City now is a massive game for us. Like, mm. you know, why? Because we feel that we've we can we can compete with them. I'm not saying we're going to beat them, but we feel that we're in we we can compete with them. In in a, in a word, guys, is it good or bad that we've got City so early? Good, good, good. and at home. I, I, I think so too. I agree. And at home, and at home as well. Tell test us. I'm not trying to. And, and also you, with I'm the Champions League at the same time, they're involved in it as well as us. Like, so I think it's it's it's, it's good. Because we've overrun a little bit with the conversation on the Premier League and uh, Man City and the fixtures we've got in next four. Um, people, give us your should out of 12 points and give us the bare minimum out of 12 points. But PSV at home, Lons away. That's the two Champions League fixtures before the next international break. Six out of six points. I'm not even going to go around and ask anyone else unless anyone has an argument against that. Six out of six, six is the nine, expectation. Six. six out of six is the bare minimum. Cool. Next up. Everton away. Um, and amongst Everton away, Thomas Partey's out for the next, well, maybe four weeks now, because it was six weeks at the start of the international break. Um, so we won't have him available. We won't have him available for PSV, Tottenham, potentially London, potentially City. I did want to discuss Partey a little bit, but we have overran. So this is more about the Everton game. Yeah, James. Um, <laughs> this is more about the Everton game. And, and yeah, given the thoughts and eventual predictions i guess the big one will be does Havertz start it um does jesus come straight back in i think those are the two big questions and maybe make it free does gabriel retain his place next to saliba he got injured didn't he um for brazil oh yeah no, no. got took off well where have you got that from i haven't seen that anywhere yeah yes um you know i um I, I, I follow brazil Come off in the eighty fourth minute. He come off. Um, hopefully, it's only an impact injury. But uh, yeah, um, he was source uh, yeah. source um, on Twitter. Leonardo judges 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 his cousin. Yeah. It's all out there. Um, he got took off. <laughs> Leonardo judges. Leonardo judges. Yeah, he got took, he got took off in the. Uh, and do you know what really really annoyed me about? I'm starting to go off Brazil. If I'll be honest, because I do I, I do like Brazil, but starting to go off. Jesus, they, they, they were beating Bolivia 5-1. And Gabriel Jesus come on in the 88th minute. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
Yeah, that's all right, man. No, we... no but like, I'd rather not. Re- you know, I think you know, just ridiculous sort of time to come on, like when you're five one up, um, you're risking injury and everything like that. Yeah, but so he went off. But hopefully, it's um, a, it was an impact injury. It was a bad tackle, was Evans. So um, have, have a look at it and you'll, you'll see. But it's definitely true. He come off, and uh, I don't know if he's a doubt for their next game. But yeah, so um, to, to, to be honest. To be honest, I think with the physicality and the way that I expect Everton to play, I think having Tommy Asu at right back and putting Ben White centre back actually could be a benefit anyway. We know that you know in the air Tommy Asu is 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 really strong, so I wouldn't actually be upset with the back four of Zinchenko, uh, Saliba, White, and Tommy Asu. That's that's the back four that I'd probably. I just looked anyway. it up. That so so they they think it's an impact injury, and he there's pictures of him in training since. I think oh, there is. I've been trying since. Well, that's what Twitter's telling me. Ah, uh, oh, well, you believe everything on Twitter. Well, I'm not believing you believe everything. Believe Twitter and don't believe me. He's had to look it up, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very hard. He respects the viewers. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you with Everton as well. I mean, come on. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them this season, and really, we should be rolling them over. Well, we've said that before, Turkish. I think we, we have... predicted the Everton win last year in terms of beating yeah. them last year. I mean, lost, so we can't be arrogant and be thinking. On paper, it's, it's three points. You're going for a title, you beat Everton yeah. <laughs> straight. But we've said this before. We've said yeah. this before. Well, yeah. Prediction time, Prediction so, time. Well, yeah. nice little so before there, before prediction time, drum roll, please. Oh, jeez. You this. actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> Give the viewers what they want. As yeah. painful as it is, give them. You can't win trophies at this time of season. You should know. That's right. That's right. That's oh, right. I, if anyone knows that, it's the champ champ, Lee. But yeah, we will keep the moving. That's the champ champ. You know, the, the champ champ. champ. <laughs> I got two belts on my. We need, we need forever Arsenal belts. I want to do a show with two belts like this, like fucking Triple H back in the day. Oh, uh, people, the prediction table hasn't changed. I'm sure you know what it is, even on audio platforms. I'm top eight points. Jordan second five points. James and Leon three points each. It's still very early days. Only four games played and four games predicted. So it's still going to be a lot of change. And as always, we go from top to bottom in order of predictions. I'm going first. And I'm going to go Arsenal. Mm, 3-1. We're going to go for another. I reckon you've looked up the 3-1 is like the most frequent score in football. Because (laughs) you always go 3-1 and you always leave these bloody stupid games we play that put me into debt. And I just, (laughs) yeah, I might just have to start copying your scores. Three wait, let me do three one to Everton away, away with clean sheets. Five. No, locked in. Yeah, locked in now. Let's move on. Thank you, lads. Thank you. If it happens yeah, to be three we'll one, win, we'll just win three one. I know. Third yeah. goal. We're there, going. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Go on, Jordan. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil. Two nil. Two, two nil. Goals. Two nil, James. Um, we've lost three in a row there, you know. Mm. We've lost three in a row. We're not playing our best. 2 nil Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> he's, gone, he's gone for Jordans. Lee. 
Well, I was going to say 2 0, but I'm going to have to change that up. No, go on. You three all do 2 0. It's your chance yeah. to catch up. No, no. I'm, I'm, the three musketeers. Gonna... All for I'm one and one for all. I'm going to go better than that. I think that we're going to be, this is going to be a drubbing. So I'm going to go 3 0. 3 0. Mr. Leonardo judges. Oh, you know the Lee you're getting next Monday if it's not. Yeah. There you go. People, just to round off the predictions, um, Lee has gone 3-0. Jordan and James have gone 2-0. I've gone 3-1. And we keep it moving. We will be back after the um, Everton game, before the next game as usual. And we'll see how we fare in the prediction table then. But that's the predictions in. And as always, we're going to round it off with comments of the day. Hope everyone has one, Jordan in particular, since they haven't been up to standard in the last three, four weeks. No, they, they were better this week. They were better this week. Um, they were worth they reading were out this week, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, 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 off your list. Well, i got one. one. Um, I've got um, J Dizzle 8258. <laughs> um, he says... I love James's facial reaction to Jordan's comment about Aaron Wan-Bissaka being man of the match. That being said, that was funny, actually, because you all, like, I saw all three of your faces, like, the disgust on your faces <laughs> was hilarious. That being said, need to work on the corner taking. Can't count how many Martinelli took that didn't beat the first man, but still 3-1, come on, you gunners. Um, so, yeah, I did notice your three reactions when I when I made that comment. And... Um, in, it's not, but but this is the first time I actually probably concede that it was probably a bit of a wild shout. So have you seen my face yeah. when you said Havertz is that Kaka? <laughs> I didn't say that. Stop I, I saying that. Go back to that I one. didn't say that. Don't try <laughs> you it. Know, Don't try the other it. The day on Twitter, a Kaka comp did the rounds, and I nearly tagged Jordan to say <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Brian Havertz. This. <laughs> Uh, Are we gonna cook me, cook me with the correct quotes at least. That's all I leave it. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. <clears throat> I've got one here from um, Hoods, and he says the Forever Arsenal show is the best piece of Arsenal content out there. Lee with his humour, James with his knowledge and tactical insight, Turkish the voice of the fans, and mm. Jordan filling in until we get Dan or Sharay. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so harsh. Much so love. harsh. I did put another one just in case. So yeah. harsh. Yeah, he adds much love for all four. Yeah, yeah it's quite it's a good comment. Actually, you can keep your love, mate. <laughs> that Go on. Well, that was the one that I had, so I've gone for that. I've got to that you <laughs> Lee definitely celebrated the wing long after the podcast was recorded. Well deserved, great content as always. Big up to you all. You know, so yeah, who's that it's from? It's from uh, CRZ or whatever. So I don't know. CRZ. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I, I, I hope it didn't show that I had a few drinks that day. Like you know. So, um, yeah. Listen. Sometimes we're gonna do shows right after the game. It is what it is. It's part yeah. of the chemistry. It's part of the. It's part of the banter. So, yeah. Tot Tot Tottenham will will do one that night after the Tottenham game. We'll do one that night. And James, comment of the day to wrap it all up. So, I got I got two I like. Um, Rank says six state of the art cameras capturing the game. A thoroughly tested computer program analyzing the exact moment the ball is played. The ref drawing lines properly on both players. Jordan. I'm not convinced that Garnacho goal is offside. <laughs> <laughs> Do better. Do better, man. That's what I asked. Six state of the art cameras. <laughs> it's not enough. Oh, 
thoroughly tested computer program is just genius. What a comment. Um, and then Matty says, hello, Arteta's next team talk. If you're not playing well, just score a couple of foggy goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking end of it. <laughs> <laughs> you come out with some brilliant. You just come out with some amazing, you know. If, if you're not playing well, I don't know why I do? said that. Sure. I, I don't know why I said that because it was obvious that what Lee was trying to, you know, work no, hard. It is it's just a logical thing to say. <laughs> do you know what though? And and, and I'm being real because I was thinking about that comment the other day. Even at any sort of football. If you do score a goal, it doesn't half mask a thousand yeah, scenes. Yeah. It masks a thousand scenes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's, it's not a go-to tactic, is it? It's not, I'm struggling in games. I'm <laughs> get a goal. No, no, it's, it, it's, you know, it's not. It's a sort of Channel 4 comment, really. But, um, <laughs> There's no need for that. <laughs> There's no need for that. Ever since, ever since England have gone to Channel 4, it's gone crack. You know what I mean? But we won't go in there. Oh, like, you know, like, profession now. So, uh, but no, no, but it's, it's such a, it's just such a, it's a good comment, really. Like, you know, goal does cover up a thousand things. And, you That's know, right. if yeah. Havertz scores on, on, um, I'll tell you what, if Havertz scores on Sat Sunday against Evan, you, there'd be less criticism for him than, than, than he, and he has exactly the same game. Same I think he will score. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he will score. There'd be less, less people going for him because he scored. It's, it's just a funny, Funny situation. We just yeah. need him to choose to score, and then yeah. everything. Yeah, just decide. Everything will be all right. Don't worry about his work rate. Anything yeah. else, you just got to score. I'm playing yeah. well. Let me get at the end of this. Yeah. Put it in the back of the net. He's gonna. He's gonna score. Watch. He's gonna score. But judging by what happened with Germany recently in Japan, and and. And have a performance. Did you see the? Did you see the player ratings on? Yeah, yeah. No, but I I read that. I read that thinking because Havertz got a six and loaded them got fours and fives, and I read it thinking, you know what? Fair play, Kai. Unless you at least you put in a shift. <laughs> Good on you. You know, yeah. You know, everyone, fair enough. You've done your bit. Your team's lost four one, but you led the line well. Turns out that actually one is one is good, and then, and the closer to ten is bad. I thought, yeah. oh no. Six. The pitch. Their six is equivalent to our one. Yeah, so Havertz nice. essentially got a one out of ten. For Germany. He's not going for our Kai at the moment, are they? No, yeah, but they will. They will. They'll they will. Us. It'll turn. it turn. They will. Come on, Kai. Come on. I'm leaving you. I've been wearing the AFTV merch, the King Kai top. So I'm I'm doing my bit. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, some, something like just, that, just Kai. Just fucking put it in the back of the net, mate. Just score yeah. a goal, mate. You'll be put it in the back score. of the net, and I'll, I'll give you a seven. Just put it in the back of the net. I'll give it'll you. He'll probably that. score and then get sent off two minutes later. Get a red oh, card. You have to put, a, put a mocker on it, don't you? Like, yeah. Then you know he's coming out and you days. He'll score and get a red. All right, listen. We're gonna wrap it up here. We've made our predictions. Make sure you make yours in the comment section below, people. I know there's still a little while before the game. But we're here to start off the week. So hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. Put the notification bell on. And make sure you leave your comments, people, because we do go through the comment section. We reply to a fair few. And obviously, we we pick our favorites for comments of the day every show, every week. And yeah, we're back. We're back ever and away this Sunday. Make sure you're there Monday morning for the next show. Love for the love, people. We're at Sports Social Podcast Network.